Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. And this is Trav. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of carrying the torch for your poor, deceased, or just too drunk to show up for the game podcast. Wait a minute, you're drinking, you get out of the game? I drink, I still gotta run them. No, I, too drunk to come to the game. Oh, I'm sorry, I drink while I'm gaming. Okay, anyways, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, there you are. Okay. <laughs> Drinking while you're, while you're gaming uh, is a time-tested uh, form of uh, annoying the GM. And, <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> and I have a number of players who do that. Oh, heck, some of my players are the ones that give me the booze. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyways. The, uh, that, that and gummies, alcohol and gummies. Mm, <laughs> what a combo. Anyways, uh, uh, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are talking about what do you do when you have missing players. And uh, we're going to talk about some tactics, some reasons, and, you know, of course I won't mention the, how much we hate them because, you know, after all, the game must go on. So what are they doing? Right? And, and it's funny because, as you've noticed, you've not heard our third member of this podcast jonathan is off tonight he has personal business to take care of and he's the one that suggested the topic mm -hmm. mr i'm not showing up for the podcast but here talk about this while i'm gone yeah and it just it's funny that he brought up that and he's not here i folks i love irony you know so yeah so starting off uh i think the first thing we need to do is talk about what this means to the campaign okay and we're we're not, we're, of course, is, this is t totally unimportant if you are playing some kind of pickup game, you know, you're engaging in some kind of, uh, of gaming matchmaking and things like that. This is for people that have long-running uh, established campaigns, especially if they have, you know, connections between uh, the, player, the, the player characters, okay? Um, you know, if, if basically you're just running another generic monk, then, you know, it, it, it still would come up, but, you know, we're, it's, it's, we're, we're going to deal with it. But if you're somebody's, you know, if you're somebody's cousin, or if you're playing, you know, the, cho the, the, the chosen knight of the king, then, and that, and, and you, that person, decide not to show up for a game, you know, for whatever reason, then there's going to be fallout, and we're going to talk about it. So... The uh, when we define, you know, missing players, it, they fall under two categories. One is a permanent loss, uh, such as the player dies, or is rendered incapable of play. You know, both are pretty horrific. Okay, uh, that you know, obviously they're not, they're not coming back. Yeah, usually let let's say. A long illness where just, yeah, I don't have the time or, you know, it just, yeah, it, 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 it probably often involve 
some illness or tragedy that has befallen them where they just cannot make it to the game. They are no longer um, ambulatory enough to get to your game and just, yeah. Or they have a stroke and they literally, they literally cannot talk or they cannot, you know, mentate the uh, situation adequately to play their character. It happens. I know people that they, I saw them on Friday on Monday. I heard they were in the hospital and, Six months later, they basically were laid off. So, because that yeah. was, that was, because they weren't coming back, and uh, and they'd run out of extended leave. So that was that. Yeah. So, but they weren't they weren't players. But this is somebody in my workplace. So that happens, and it's it's a it's a huge tragedy when it does. Uh, Second is the player moves away. Really happens a lot uh, with uh, in uh, campaigns that take place in colleges. You know, mm, people yeah. will graduate eventually. And I've actually had uh, people say, oh, no, we're going to stay here in town and we're just going to keep gaming, you know, after we graduate. I'm like, <laughs> I was just laughing. He's like, who are you kidding? <laughs> you know, it's I mean, if you're if you're living in New York City or Atlanta or a really super major metropolitan area, then you might be able to pull that off. OK, but for anybody who's who's ever gone to college in a college town, um, you know, why did you go to college if you were just going to hang around? You know, unless, of course, basically it was a four year snooze that your parents paid for. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, or, or these days, usually you end up with all, you know, the. uh uh, the years of, uh, of of paying the the loans off. Okay, so the player moves away and refuses to remote play, or the other players refuse to remote play because you've heard that, right, Trav? I mean, we're not going to do any remote playing, says the other players. Well, even if the person wants to, they can't, right? Yeah, yeah. We've we've done some remote play on the uh, on the podcast. You know, where oh, yeah. we did some demos. Okay, and I really enjoyed them. Okay, and I have, and since I have two campaigns and I'm playing in a third that are all remote play, you know, using Skype, uh, I have no problem with it, really. It's, you know, right. I, I mean, I'm not saying there isn't any value to all being in the same room. All right, you know, it's, there definitely is, but I'm saying is it if it's a difference between not being able to play and being able to play, seems to me like remote play should be, a, should be an option you should consider, but... I know there's people who absolutely refuse to do it. Oh, yeah, and it's just, well, I mean, I have, let's see, I currently have a gamer in the Baltimore. I'm, uh, if any of you don't know by now, I'm in suburban Detroit. Um, I have a gamer in the Baltimore area. I have a gamer in New Orleans. Um, I've had gamers from Chicago, Omaha, uh, uh, down in Ohio, uh, Jeff, when Jeff and Pixie were down in Oak Harbor, you know, I'd have them Skype in for games. So, yeah, it, it's I've just for me using Skype or Discord for a game has just become second nature. And, of course, you know, during the really heavy days of the pandemic, I didn't have anybody in this apartment. So I was doing all remote gaming. So but there are just some people. They may, oh, I don't use that Skype stuff or, you know, OK, then. And you give you try to convince them, and they just don't want it, and they okay. Well, then you have to make that choice. So it's like, well, then you're not going to be gaming in the group anymore. We have to use for whatever reason. We have to use. I mean, Josie bowed out of my games for a while because just hearing over Skype, I'm like, there's a pandemic on. You don't have a choice of the matter. So 
she hasn't been in my campaigns for a while. And it's just, yeah, you have to make that choice, sadly. Gotten really into using Skype and Discord. And I mean, not just because I use it here for the podcast on, we use Skype here, but also I've had to use Skype and Discord for my show. So for me, it's almost getting to be like second nature where I've learned to adapt to it. And okay, well, pictures, okay, fine, take a picture, put it in a, a Skype chat or a Discord chat or a Facebook group chat, you know. Yeah, we'll get to the third uh, option here, which is the player is ejected from the group. That usually means that there has been some personality conflict that has the only resolution is, hey, look, there's the door. And just, yeah. Yeah, like like when one of my players, you know, pulled a knife on another one of my players. Oh, whoa, whoa, oh, oh, hell. Yeah, no, that that's, yeah, they're gone. Yeah. yeah they wow. Were. That's a new one on me. I've never heard actually one player actually pull a knife on another. Wow. Mm -hmm. Holy smokes. Just, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's. I think there's one more actually that can be covered for permanent loss. Okay. And I, and I had this with my one player from Omaha, Laura, uh, just she, Omaha, obviously. So she had to, um, Skype in, but just schedule change where just you get a new job or a new schedule on your job and you just can't game with the group anymore. Okay. It, it's not, it's nothing permanent or well, it's nothing nasty or there's no bad reason why they're out of the group. It's just, they're just not available. Yeah. I call it an attack of life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a permanent loss because you know, there's no, at least not in the foreseeable future, there's not going to be any uh, return uh, right. availability. Right. Right. Okay. So then there's the temporary loss. And yeah. that falls under two categories. One is, is that the player attendance is sporadic. You know, sometimes they can come, sometimes they can't come. You know, sometimes, you know, they're, uh, you know, you know, as you said, you know, maybe they're, uh, you know, their job is, you know, there's a project going on and they have to take, you know, uh, you know, occasional weeks off or, you know, or, you know, maybe they're having, um, uh, uh, they're having car trouble. I've known a lot of people that have had, you know, uh, recurrent issues with their chronic vehicles. car issues. Yeah. yeah. And they, they can't, or babysitter doesn't, didn't show up. So I can't have to stay home. You know, now most of these I think could be solved with, you know, remote play, but, you know, well, see, okay, for this one, I have two instances where the attendance is sporadic. Both of first kids uh, refer to our past uh, episodes on uh, pagan religions in the game. She has two children, 10 and 8. Well, obviously, they have other family members they want to see. Their father does not live with them. So it's a weekend with dad, and they're gone. And Jeff, Jeff DeRef, uh, has wrestling gigs and there have been for a while he was it was uh, one Saturday a month and if it fell on a gaming week like maybe once every other Saturday a month he wouldn't be there mm -hmm. and just yeah so I mean it happens and usually it is that this type of thing it's due to prior commitments and scheduling and whatnot right. yeah 
Yeah, and and really, even if it's sporadic, every time there's a, a someone is missing, it's it, it really puts a whole a huge stress on the narrative. Yeah, know, which yeah, we talk, yeah. When we talk about you know how to deal with these things, you know, um, the uh, so and then the other op uh, thing is where it's not sporadic; it's just a block of time. You know, so and so. I mean, you know, I I've seen you know cases where so and so moved, you know, went to school. You know, yeah, and and therefore, and and everybody decided to just okay, we're just going to table the campaign until in a spring, summer, spring break or winter break or summer, and we can start playing again. But then, you know, but other times it's like okay, you know, like you said, I've got, um, you know, uh, I'm I'm going to be you know uh, transferred to a job for three three months and after that yeah. I can come back but in the meantime I'm not going to be able to play and I'm going to be too busy to do any remote anything so you guys are just going to have to deal with the fact I'm not going to be here so sorry with, but you know with, here you are yeah with uh, like a three month hiatus or whether it matter and it was funny we accidentally contacted Perky Goth for this call and she said okay I can't do it tonight but thank you uh you don't have a computer to remote play at all with. She didn't have a laptop for like three, four months where she couldn't join in the Sunday game. She couldn't do her spinoff show that she has on Dementia Radio, spinoff from my show. And so, yeah, you don't have the tech to join in. So, and it's usually, again, it's, it's circumstances that necessarily aren't in your control. They could be tech related. They could be work related, family related, what have you. So, maybe your ailing grandfather has moved in with you, and you're making that one last play for the inheritance. And wow! He, and he's like super, <laughs> super conservative. It doesn't have any truck with these 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 satanic uh, uh, role playing games. We don't want that demonology while I'm here, boy. You might, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which no, we're yeah, just. Yeah, I've I've dealt with people like that where I tell them, you know, what I do as a hobby. You do that demonology. And of course, there are times I'm like, no, it's not. And other times I'm like, oh, yeah, I got the robes and everything in back. It's a nice, lovely black color. You know, yeah. Yeah, my my uh, my ex-wife had a T-shirt that said, if it's not dirty, you're not doing it right. <laughs> words live by, good friend. Lure, I, words I live try by, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or no, what, what, uh, oh, what's the one church, the Westview? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Try to live the life where West, Westview Baptist Church would be picketing you. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's temporary loss. All right, so, all right, so how do we deal with it, right? Okay, so um, it really has an awful lot to do with your character. You know, if your character is important to the campaign, you know, if, you know, then... It's it's going to be hard, all right. You know you're you're going to be uh, you know the, 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 there's going to be a hole in the narrative as a result of your character. If if your character has been one of those you know the third the third spear chucker from the right, you know who basically is there during the battles, but otherwise just kind of sits on his haunt, his or her haunches and you know and and uh, you know eats jerky. Or something, then it's going to be relatively easy to uh, handle the loss of your character. Phase them out, as it were. Yeah, right. right. So, but a lot of, but in most cases, a lot of it had uh, the the biggest issue is whether or not the player provides a up to date 
and fully filled out character sheet to the GM because that is pretty critical to uh, to being able to continue that character in any yeah. in any reasonable way. All right. So if if they do that, you know, then and if they are integral, and here's some examples of some integral characters. So as I, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, you know, you're on a quest. Okay, it's not just any quest. It's the person who's missing his that character quest. Okay, they've been you know charged. You know, by and this is important in games, for example, like Savage Worlds, where you you know can take the um, uh, you know royal or uh, what do they call it? You know, um, a noble uh, background thing or yeah. a no, noble thing. So you're expect people are going to come to you because of your standing in the society and ask you to do things. Okay, and every and you turn around and get your buds to help you out and to succeed in that quest. Well, if you're now not going to be there, it's kind of, it's going to be kind of stupid. Okay. If all of a sudden it's like, well, so-and-so died and we just passed the quest on to somebody else. It's kind of like what happens in television shows when the major actor decides to up and leave the show, you know, and I'm looking at you X-Files. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Or, or what's another one? Not necessarily Royal. But they have the quest because it's something they're destined to do. Kind of like Frodo and the Ring Bearer. Well, what happens if all of a sudden Frodo leaves and, you know, the player who's playing Frodo in this, yeah, in this is, game... Is Sam going to continue to carry the ring to Mordor? Yeah, right, exactly. It, it's not... Yeah, that was another... When, when you brought this up just now, my first thing was not so much royal or noble, but they have a destiny to fulfill this quest for what they could be just a normal. What, what's the old term that Bobby, the brain he used to use Uh ham and Egger nine to five garden variety humanoid. Mm -hmm. And just, they've been somehow they have fulfilled this destiny to fulfill this quest. And then the yeah. player, for whatever reason, oh, some I'm people out. are born to greatness. Other people have greatness thrust upon them. Exactly. Yeah. And all of a sudden the player's like, for whatever reason I'm done. And yeah, yeah, this entire plot line is built around this character and their growth and their journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and everybody else, because they're all linked to this character, you know, so. Well, yeah. yeah, they're all linked, but still the main plot point was him. He brought along his buddies because he knew he couldn't do it by himself or, you know, everyone knew he's just a farmer. Right. And he's destined to do this. He needs protection. He needs guidance. He needs wisdom. And we are all supplying that for him. But yeah, he's the one that has to carry the artifact. Right. I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a, a D and D campaign right now where, you know, it's like, we're fighting against the people who are the government because they suck. Okay. But otherwise I have no reason to be doing it. Okay, I I could just be like my own self, you know, trying to earn as much money and get as many creature comforts as possible around my my PC. Okay, I have no, you know, no really good reason to do this other than the fact that that's that's the campaign, that's the adventure. So, uh, but like I said, you know, where, where where it is important, you know, where you know you are an integral part, then yeah, it's uh, uh, so. What you know? So what happens then in those cases is a the GM, if they have a character sheet, the GM will can play the character, okay, and uh, 
you know, until, you know, until that person is brought to a non-interval status. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other alternative is to give the character to another player to play. And that way the GM, you know, doesn't, because it's really hard, you know, the GM has knowledge that the players don't have. Yeah. So it's really hard sometimes to act, play a character, you know, without using that knowledge to guide their actions. Suddenly the character who is basically as dumb as rocks starts doing all these really smart moves. So it's because the GM knows, you know, but yeah, so it's a lot yeah. easier sometimes to give it to another player. But of course you don't want to, if it, it, it is the main character, you probably don't want to give it to the least capable PC right. you know, yeah. uh, a gamer at the, at the table because they're, you know, they're, they're just not going to, uh, you know, they're probably having all they can do to keep their own character going, you know, so there's, but that's, that's, those are your two choices there. And then, if you don't have a character sheet, then it becomes really weird because yeah. then the GM and the players have to get together and build the character based on past reverse action. reverse engineer it as it were. Yeah, right, right. And then once that happens, then they they do basically you know the, the GM or the player the one of the players plays the character. All right, but in either case, you know if you're integral. And you're now missing, you know, the character, the player's now missing. You should do everything you can to move the character, you know, to a non-editable status, okay? And, uh, you know, and it can be done a number of ways. For example, if you are a knight, well, guess what? Your brother, who's a knight of so-and-so standing, you know, the the the, the, the queen has, has gotten tired of no results and has commissioned him or her to do a better job. And you shows up and says, well, Sorry. Or, you know, they yank, yank this person off to someplace else and, and, and one of the uh, other members of the party gets knighted, but, you know, on a on a conditional basis. So, I mean, it can happen. I mean, it, if it's done well, it, it can be a, a, a nice transition. Okay, but it can be done also very, very haphazardly. It's like, well, they're gone, so now you're in charge. Okay, and, and then you do what normally happens if they're not integral which is the gm kills the character well yeah see i i had this problem where and it was in the bureau 13 black powder campaign you know what the one you called gnomes in space where my chicago player marissa due to job and other personal issues had to drop out i got permission from her for the aforementioned omaha player laura to take over uh the gnomish engineer known as fidget and yeah once i got the clearance i said okay you know i explained to marissa yes i know you no longer could be in the campaign but i really can't phase out the character she is pretty important she's the one that you know maintains all the gadgets and everything that these people out west are using can i allow someone else to play your character even though you created it? she was like yeah i can't come back so and so I handed the character over to Laura, and Laura put her own spin on it. I was very impressed with what Laura did with Marissa's creation. Now, this is a this is a, a player who did not have a character previously, right? Right, right. And I said, well, I do have this character, and it's this and this and this. And Laura was like, oh, no, she sounds great. Okay, you know, if this other player will let me take over, yeah, I'll play this character. And she put her own spin on it, and it all worked out great. Right. Well, you know, that, that's a that's a really sweet result where you basically you bring in a new player to take over the character. That's great. 
most of the time I don't I don't see that happening. Most of the time it's it's like oh I got to play somebody else's character as well as my own. Don't I have enough to do? Yeah, yeah. Or it's another you 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 know you would just NPC status. Yeah, just yeah. Right. The, the but, second A here, GM plays character. Yeah. Right. Well, the you know the see as an NPC there, there's going to be some issues we're we're talking about later as a PC being played by another PC then. You know, they they get all the the the, the premium benefits of that, okay, yeah. Without you know um, burden on you know the player. Now, that's where like a lot of times it's great when you set up relationships between the player characters. So like so and so are siblings, or so and so are married to each other, and then it makes more sense that somebody basically takes over the character because you know, they're already in that relationship and they can yeah. continue. Though we, you know, sometimes the inner inner character dialogue gets a little weird because the same player has played both sides. Yeah, you can just sit there and play it up. Yeah, they're sitting there being all lovey dovey there, you know, for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, snuggums. Yeah. Yeah. One of the options, you know, the, the is is the uh, kill the character. All right, you know. Uh, and by the way, this is not to be this. This is not a bad solution. I know it sounds like it is, but we've talked before. We had a whole podcast on dying gloriously. Okay. And I mean, you're not, you're normally your character is not going to, you don't want that to happen. You want to keep playing your character, right? So usually dying gloriously is something you think about at the end of a campaign or something because you're not going to continue playing it. So, or at least the end of a battle, you know, right. A glorious battle within the campaign, part of the arc and right. So if you have a character, you know, uh, a person who's leaving, okay, this option of dying, uh, their character dying gloriously can be a really positive thing to, to you know, can really bring the, uh, can bring a campaign to the next level. Uh, it certainly can uh, create a lot more uh, drive and, and, and investment by the other characters and whatever the narrative is. Yes, we are doing this for our fallen comrade, Sir Joseph, who, you know, gave his life to make sure we survived and carried on. Yeah, yeah. So character death is not a bad thing. It's just, it's a bad thing when the player doesn't want it. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah. And and, and like we're talking, in role-playing games, people die all the time. So, you know, it's always a possibility. And in real life, when that happens, it creates enormous holes you know, that people have to deal with. Uh, and, uh, but that's, you know, as the saying goes, that's part of life. And if you're playing a role-playing game, that, you know, that's a possibility. But it's best if it's planned in a way that allows the transition to happen, you know, and, and, and as I say, you, you basically could redeem the moment, all right? Uh, the other option is you move the character into the background until, you know, she can be removed. So, you know, they, they, uh, they step down, you know, or they just simply become somebody who's there, you know, but they're, because they serve an essential function, like the, like the group healer or the, yeah. or the, you know, if you're playing, uh, the group, uh, hacker, for example, we see a lot of that in Bureau 13, a lot of that in Sh- you know, Shadowrun, you need a Decker, you know, I mean. Wow. I haven't heard that term, a, a Decker is a hacker. I haven't heard that in ages. Wow. <laughs> Welcome yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, Shadow runs a game trap. Yeah, it's a, has a, you know has a lot of additions, at least five. A long and venerable history. Yeah, yeah, um, indeed. 
Why am I okay? Why am I reminded of saying a character GM kills character? Bruce, you remember the TV show L.A. Law? You remember the character played by Diane Maldar, uh, Doctor Catherine Pulaski from Next Gen? Oh yes, where they just phase her out by yep, she turned around, thought the elevator was there, and fell down a shaft and died. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay, there good. and gone. <laughs> and believe me, there was plenty of fallout the next season from that. Oh, yeah. They just, they're like, really, a lot of it was just, really, and the writers just said, hey, these things happen in real life. People turn around, think it's an elevator, it opens, they fall to their death. You know, this, it's happened. The, it's a thing. Yeah. The best season of LA Law was the first season because they were being successful. Everything after that was circling the drain. These, these bad things just kept happening and happening and happening. Yeah. And, you know, as much as I think the conflict is good, you know, there was a, I was kind of going, you know, at some point, they're just going to have to close up shop. <laughs> you know. Yeah. People are not going to want to be, have these people as their attorneys with all this stuff going on. Heck, they don't have a working elevator, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who, who, not, how many people are going to want to go to those offices? Yeah. I go, I go there. I'm taking the stairs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they were like on the 15th floor or something. So yeah. Uh, good luck with you're that. in for a what? You get, you get your, your steps in on your, you know, your watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, that just reminded me that GM kills the character. I'm thinking, write somebody out by falling down. Oh, they did that on TV. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've done that uh, a number of times, you know, uh, but that's not my favorite thing to do. I, right. I, yeah. I actually prefer to move the character into the background so that the other players have an opportunity to um, resolve any things that are going on, any ongoing threads with that character, and then the character can move, could leave, you know. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and it can happen any number of ways. I mean, if you're in a role-playing game, you know, you could say something like so-and-so got lame they lost you know they're they lost you know a lot of function in their right leg for example you know and now they're lame and they're hobbling and instead of moving 30 feet per action they're only moving 10 feet per action you know wait matt here's here's a line we can do i was an adventurer once but then i took an arrow to the knee oh, yeah yes yep oh, yep there you oh, go yes. yep. there you go yeah. and so and you're like well yeah i can see why you want to stop adventuring you know um, uh, I did that with one of the basic uh, introductory things with uh, fourth edition. You know, there was this little town, and this guy was a was a past adventurer. And he was, you know, run, he and his wife were running uh, an inn, and uh, they were all. This was all NPCs, but he was he was asking adventurers to do stuff for him because he literally just couldn't get around well enough. He could get around the the inn and do work, but he couldn't be like marching through dungeons and climbing, right, yeah. climbing up walls and doing stuff like that. So he he had to have other people do it. So if it happens to the character then you can see where the character would be like, okay, you need to stand in the back of the party. You can shoot some arrows, you know, maybe cast some spells if that's if that's part of your, your shtick, you know. Or you're like our traveling sage. Yeah, you may not be able to be in a battle, but we know you're the brains of the group and just, yeah, they're the... They're the SME from now on, the subject matter expert. And yeah. the other players have the opportunity to work out who's going to be the party leader, you know, rather than just suddenly it's like, you know, you know, okay, you know, I'm the leader or I'm going to cut you. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, I mean, I've, it's, it's funny because, you know, whenever I play games, I almost always become the party leader, even when I'm trying my best not to. 
and uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, you know I don't know I don't know why it, because believe me when I was younger that was not the case you know when I was playing I was definitely the uh, not, not the head of the group you know yeah it, it was funny there was a it was one of the uh, Thelma Rule campaigns that Eric the Enabler ran it was the campaign from his late buddy uh, Big Daddy Pie and so myself and DJ, my friend Bad Kitty's middle child, our characters are fighting. Actually, we're duking it out. A combat started. Who was going to get the door? My daughter Shelly's character, a female elven ranger, answers the door. And just because she was the one to answer the door, she got the team leader. She got the, the instant field promotion, your team leader. And me and DJ are looking at it like, son of a... And, of course, so here it is, my then 15, 16-year-old child... I'm sitting there having to take orders from her as a character, and I'm just looking at my... And, of course, Shelly is their father's child, grinning the entire time. And I'm like, yes, ma'am, we will go and do the scouting. And I'm looking at my child like, don't let this go to your head, young lady. Yeah. <laughs> when I first started running uh, Bureau 13, you know, I used to basically say, here's the mission, and here's the person that the Bureau decided to be the party... To be to be the team leader, and they're like, why isn't the same person last time? I don't know. The bureau is like that; they just make these. They decisions. deem this other one more qualified, yeah. Or maybe they want that person to have more experience in a leadership position, and the yeah, rest of you guys yeah. are, are are now tasked with supporting that person. So, you know, yeah. just like you should be supporting anybody, you know, who's you know putting put in leadership over you. And they're all like. Uh, and it worked out great because, you know, we had somebody who was like, I don't know what to do. And the other part, uh, the other characters were like, well, what do you want to do? I mean, we'll back you up no matter what you do. So what do you want to do? Uh, well, why don't we do this? I said, they're like, great, let's do that. And, and, and it really allowed a lot of players to, um, spread their wigs a little bit. Come on, normally always yeah. take the, the background roles. You know what I'm saying? They're always like, I'm fine with what everybody else wants. No, you're the team leader, so you have to do it. Yeah. You are now the one with the bullseye on. Yeah, right. Yeah. But see, that also is kind of um, uh, preventative, because then if something like this happens, everybody, you know, then all of a sudden having leadership assigned to somebody else is doesn't cause a huge you know, change in the dynamics of the group. You know, you're, it's not like, you know, Buffy leaves... The, the Scooby group is over, you know, and uh, which is why, of course, they had to bring her back from heaven, you know, <laughs> screw, yeah, up, yeah. screw up her afterlife and everything else. So, uh, but I'm just saying is that that's, that is some advantages of doing that where, you know, if, if your missions are being provided to you by an external agency, then by, re, by assigning different people as the team leader at, uh, on each mission, then it, the group is more able to handle, they're more buffered, you know, to a, a situation where suddenly somebody has to drop out. You know, the, yeah. char the character has to drop out. Okay, so, but when it does happen, you know, when things like the character dies, or if the character dies in general, okay, or the character's moved into the background so they can be removed, then there's a lot of other issues that have to be taken, have to fall into that. For example, okay, if, that character has a MacGuffin that's been issued by the GM for the purpose of the adventure at hand or the ongoing campaign, 
you know, such as, you know, the, the sword of kings, you know, that whoever holds the sword of kings will be the next king. Uh, and suddenly that character is no longer going to be there. Hmm, what do you do with the sword of kings? Uh, obviously, you don't just, it doesn't just disappear because that's what the campaign's about, right? Right, yeah. Right. So the GM is going to have to decide how to reassign that, right? And, uh, of course, I hope we don't get into a situation where it's like, well, it's the Sword of Kings, and anyone who holds the Sword of Kings is be the next king. I go for it! Yes. And then we get a big dog pile, and everybody's rolling up new characters. Ends up being last man standing. Yeah, yeah right. well, or it's just a total TPK, you know? You know, the, 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 the three mages decide to fireball at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Everybody dies. Yeah, I've I've I've, I've been through situations like that. So, uh, <laughs> and um, it's like okay, everybody rolls up new characters. But there could be a lot of other things too. I mean, you know, you most characters when they get to high higher levels, they have a lot of valuable equipment on them. All right. So the yeah. question comes down to is, does this equip and and you know party members? Okay, over time. I don't know about you, but we, you know, when when the treasure splitting up happens, you know, and you know, so and so, you know, takes the item that you really wanted, but it was their pick. Okay, so they got it, but you always had a, a hope in your heart that at some point you'd be able to negotiate that item to yourself. Okay, and then all of a sudden their character is gone. Oh, believe me, it's like. Okay, we need to split up their party, <laughs> and I I put dibs on that because I've always wanted that. And the GM's like, no, no, I'm sorry, but the, the character is leaving, you know, or the character died, it goes to their next of kid. You don't get to keep it. You know? Yeah. Though I happen to know that you know in, in early D and D campaigns, and I was in them. Okay, people. It's one reason why people would off characters, especially if it was high level and someone brought in their high level character and the rest of the party basically murder hoboed that person so they can basically you know scavenge all the stuff off their body. And really horrible stuff, the reason that people think badly about role-playing games. This is all part of it, okay? You don't want that to happen. You don't, that's not the route to go. It's, it's, uh, it just encourages the worst of behavior. Yeah. You know, I mean, after that, everybody's looking over their shoulder, right? Yeah. I, um, when I made the decision where I did not want to be a player in the Saturday game anymore, that years ago that, uh... My buddy Jerry Gentry's girlfriend Carrie was running, and I just I I I don't want to play anymore. I prefer to GM, and so I'm asking to leave the campaign. And of course, because I was hosting, they had to move it to their house. I got turned to stone. My character just okay. We were fighting cockatrices, and I failed it. And of course, it was really easy because all of my equipment also turned to stone. I found out later, the next week, I was talking to Jerry. Yeah. We sold your character's statue and we got a pretty penny for it. I'm like, you bastards. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Yeah, what's well, better you, what? than the GMs that say, no, when you get turned to stone, you get turned to stone, but your equipment doesn't get turned to stone. No, no, it was everything on me went to turn to stone. So my, and I, what did I play? It was sort of a, well, it was the Arabic equivalent race in Pathfinder. I forget which one it is, the human so, yeah, I was sort of like an alchemist gunslinger kind of, you know, how 
the Islamic cultures had gunpowder way, way back when, and the Christians didn't, that type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I was dealing with all this new gunpowder and kind of the mad alchemist. And so, yeah, I got turned to stone, so that means all my guns, my equipment, everything in my backpack. Nope, I was a statue, and I found out from Jerry, oh, yeah, we needed money, so we just sold your statue, and somebody managed to buy it. And I'm just looking at you, son of a... <laughs> so that's how it took care of the treasure part real quick, yeah. Yeah, and then sometime in the future, you get turned back to flesh, and they're like, oh, by the way, you're a slave because you owe me 10,000 10, you know, credits. So until you pay that off, you, uh, you I own you. And that's when my character would have just, okay, I have all this gunpowder, fine, boom. No, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> and all my stuff, right. Well, no, I mean, not commit suicide, just, you know, cause an explosion and then hightail it out of there. Oh, you know? okay. Well, maybe, maybe. Be, be, be wanted, but yeah, for, that, the, be I, wanted I just, for the rest of your life. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's how I took, that's how it was taken care of for me because I, that, that, and that session ended up being my last session in the group because I just, I, I preferred game mastery over playing. So I made that decision there. And so that's how they, because I failed my saving throw. That was just the opportune moment. Okay. You're done. Yep. So I just sat there and watched the rest of the game play out. And yeah. <laughs> you know, but there's other considerations as well. Okay. Because a lot of times people, they say, okay, I'm leaving the group. Okay, therefore leaving the campaign. Uh, but I'm taking my character with me, and so I can use it in some other campaign. All right, and that's the point where the GM, you know, it, it's, it's in a way, it's a, you know, it, it's a shame that we don't, you know, have a national character registry. Well, because, yeah, see. Because it, if you've it, ever it, read Knights of the Dinner Table, they have that. So you can't just go and like add stuff to your character or you can't just, you know, when you go from one campaign to another, you know, the, the, you know, the registry tracks what you do and what you have and things like that. They, they do have things like there was Greyhawk had a had a, a living campaign and there was a. a, a, a yeah, Pathfinder has it. The Pathfinder Society. Yeah, I, I'm in that myself. Yeah. OK, the Pathfinder Society is another one. Right. Yeah. So I'm just saying there's been at least three uh, like that. That's actually, you know, where uh, for Star Wars D20, it was living force. Yeah, I get the concept. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. But we really don't have that for 99 percent of all the players out there. So assuming, of course, that the GM and the player have a good relationship with each other, they should really talk about um, the equipment that the player has. That, 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 that the player character has because it may be that some of their equipment is inappropriate okay it you know because it might have been that the character you know was in a really high you know high tough campaign okay and they needed a, a lot of extra oomph and the GM might have given them equipment that normally you would have given to somebody five levels above what they are yeah Okay, and they might say, look, if you're going to take your 5th level character with 10th level gear on them over to somebody else's campaign, then you're you're basically going to ask for a, a, a world of hurt with that GM. Because either you're going to basically overshadow all the other characters and steal all the spotlight, okay, or uh, the GM is basically going to just, just, just say, no, you can't have that stuff, okay? Yeah, or uh, you can't even play the character, no. Or just you don't can't play the character, character at all because, yeah. Right. Because you're like, well, no, it's integral to my character. So 
It's, it's, it provides an opportunity for you and the player, you as the GM and the player, to get together and try to work out some adjustments to that gear, okay? Uh, because I personally believe that, you know, except for campaign MacGuffin items that are necessary to, for the continuing narrative, that all the equipment that belongs to a character should go with that character. Yeah. Whether they retire, whether they die, it should go on to their next of kin, whatever. It should not go to other players before the very reasons we talked about, that whole murder hoboing business. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, so... Yeah, so you could basically maybe say, let's tone this down a little bit. Let's let's you know, let's give you a sword that is more appropriate to your level. Or, you know, or like you've got the invulnerable coat of arm, okay, but the campaign that you go to, someone else has the invulnerable coat of arm. And unless you're going to do some weird dimensional duping going on. Right, you know, right. You, you can't have two of them in the same campaign. So, you know, they're, of course, home court advantage. They're going to get to keep theirs. You're going to have to lose yours. And you're probably not going to get any compensation other than the GM saying, well, whatever the, the you know, whatever the, G, uh, the goal piece value of, you get that. You know, in which case that's, that's terrible. You know, because either, because as I recall, most of them don't actually have any gold piece value assigned to them. You might get a caster level of what made, oh, this was made by a 35th level wizard. What's the price? There's no price. It's considered a priceless artifact. Right. So other than swapping it out for another artifact, you know, which the GM might be nice enough to do. Yeah. But, yeah. but I'm just saying, but then you've got a character, you know, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the really big issues about bringing a character, a high-level character, into another campaign. The most important of which is you have no backstory. You know, you're basically, you're a high-level character that nobody's ever heard of before. Suddenly, you're now smack dab in the middle of the most important narrative in the campaign world because the PCs are always in the middle of the most important narrative of the campaign Well, yeah. World. So I'm just saying, to me, that... That's one of the reasons why when I first started being a GM in D&D, no matter what the level was of the other players, every time someone died or wanted to bring in a character, I said, you bring them in at first level and you grow that character in the campaign and then the people know who they are and who and why they're, you know, why they're whatever. And, you know, uh, lost, lost a lot of players who just weren't willing to do that. Um, I really liked what happened as a result. I wish I could have kept to that. But, you know, most people basically just let people bring in new characters that are a couple levels below. So, yeah, I was really I was really hardcore role playing in those days. You know, now now these days older and, and not necessarily wiser. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm doing this for fun. I'm not going to like, you know fall on I'm, this is not this is not the hill I'm going to die on I'm not going to fall on my sword over somebody else trying to bring in their character <laughs> at an equal power level as the other characters because they don't they want their own spotlight time so yeah so there's all that but anyways um, so that I'm saying is that you you can make those adjustments then the piece then the then the character can go on to another campaign or you know again if you're going to retire it permanently then yeah keep all the stuff okay you know write stories about them you know get, do fan fiction okay but if you actually want to bring that character into another campaign then you're going to you're going to have to deal with that with a new and probably less sympathetic gm than the one you're leaving well yeah because the the house ruling i do in my campaign 
most Pathfinder first edition campaigns, they went, it's like, it's, it's a character from one of Trav's campaigns. Oh, geez. No, I know all the stuff he does. Yeah. You're going to have to, you have to rework it to fit in my campaign or pick another character. Yeah. yeah. Especially homegrown items in campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those, those, those are probably you know, the, 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 the trickiest to work with, you know? So, yeah. Okay. So that's that, those are the, you know, this is, those are the major items having to do with personal treasure and equipment you know, that I saw as far as someone leaving and, and what issues come up. All right. So that's, that's all permanent loss. All right. Now let's talk about temporary loss. All right. My favorite method of, of, of dealing with the situation is the PC is stricken. Ah, they didn't wake up this morning or suddenly all the color drains out of their face and they drop to their knees and, and they, they grasp some part of their body, you know, which has suddenly turned an awfully weird shade of something. Ah, okay. yes, the infamous blue thumbing. Yes. You know, oh, you know, look. Blue well, bolts from heaven, you know. Yeah, Boom. yeah. Yeah. And they fall down, and they're not dead. Oh, no. But they cannot be roused in any way. You can heal them. They're not coming up. You can do a heal, heal. I mean, like a heal. Restoration still. Yeah. You know, you know, remove curse. They're still down. You know, it's like, what God have you offended? You know, um, or something to cause this to happen. We don't know. It, it was great. I I first started using the term blue thumbing with my players, which I'm pretty much the oldest among my my four gaming groups. I'm pretty much the oldest, early fifties. All of my care, all of my players are maybe mid to late 40s and younger. So I used that old blue thumb term. And so I had to deep, you know, back in the day, you know, when players didn't make it to the game, you know, turn down that music and get off my lawn. You know, before we did that, we had the, the, these new fan dangled Skype apps. Right. Yeah. And so I'd explain what it was that your character, all of a sudden, they're thumb will turn blue and they are just so mesmerized and shocked and in awe of this that basically the party has to lead them through that session they don't die they don't do anything they mysteriously stay out of harm they're not involved in combats shots are firing all around and it misses them because they're just they're but they're just looking at their blue thumb the entire okay grab you by the elbow let's go yeah so you're being nice too, by the way. You're you're they're still ambulatory. I make them carry this character. Oh around. no no no! With many a person saying, "Well, if I put him in my 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 bag of holding or my portable, oh. how long can he survive in there without oh. additional oxygen?" Oh wow! Oh, when he died. Oh well, from suffocation. Yeah. yeah well, I got my my answer is do you my, to that is usually do you do you have that? Uh, I think it's one of the ion stones that allows you to to survive without having to breathe or eat. Or like a ring of sustenance or something. Yeah. Ring yeah. of sustenance, and there's like, there's one that just there's a spell that basically keeps like a, a air all around your body. You know, it's. Um, uh, I, I forget what it's called, but anyways, the point is that yeah, there are things you could do. Then you could stuff them in the in the portable hole, you know, until they, until the player sh shows back up again, and, and 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 someone says, hey, I should check on you know uh, Carol, 
And he goes, see how Carol's doing? And he opens the door, you know, opens the portal, and they're like, what happened? <laughs> what the hell am I doing in here? No, 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 no. The perfect way to deal with a with a player character, the line from uh, Ragnarok, Loki. I've been falling for thirty minutes. <laughs> that was so they they just kept falling and falling, and then they land when they're back. Yeah, suddenly you after falling for an determined amount of time through many portals, you land and you're at the feet of the characters again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, to me, the ideal thing would be to hire. 15 orcs okay and get them into one and get one of those giant beds that they all can fit in and then put the character right in the middle everybody naked okay and then have the character come in and says oh your character wakes up in the morning surrounded by a uh, a bunch of snoring and blissfully smiling uh, orcs and you're in the middle of the bed and they go like what? You're an evil, evil man, Mister Sheffer. You're an evil, evil man. Just I can't be as a GM. I, you know, and, I, I, and I've been your friend now for twenty years. You're an evil man. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and as the GM, you don't actually have to explain it, unless the unless the player literally wants to go and start interrogating other people. Of course, you know you somebody paid them to do this. I'm, I'm not saying it was for real. You know, and. Uh, and so they're going to have a story. So yeah. they're going to tell them all kinds of, you know, things. And and it's like, you know, I can never get married now. <laughs> My reputation has been ruined. I was a paladin. <laughs> okay, now it's funny. <laughs> yeah, see, see. It's all, it's all you know, it's usually, usually it's the double take, you know, the, the spit take. You, you, you tell the character that, especially right after they take a swig of some... Some soft drink in the spit. Oh, no, no. Or, or yeah. Yeah. You hit them at the right time. Boy, they're eating a grape. I'll tell you that story later. Oh, wow. Um, anyways, stricken. I love stricken. Okay. But, okay, then you have to add, deal with other issues. Like, for example, does the PC accrue XP? I mean, there's still okay. a party. In Pathfinder, they have this. If you look at in the core rulebook and the experience chart, oh, these are okay for. This amount of experience, okay, you, you you do, okay, you're a 10th level character, and you're out for this week. Fine. You go to the CR10 chart, and you would get the experience for dealing with a CR10 menace. Usually you say, okay, you had a problem to deal with, you had to go, and, like, if you're with the group in the middle of a dungeon, you were given some problem to figure out for later. Or if, like, you had a chance to, okay, well, your character, like, uh, as I said, uh, first two kids are in my Saturday game, and they've just been out of the, it's summer, they want to go out and play at night, you know. So, okay, your characters are off doing this, and you're, they're now 15th level. Each of you get as if you each fought a CR 15 menace, whatever it may be. You're dealing with whatever it is you're there. If it was violent, you didn't get injured or you got healed. If it was a problem, it was like some type of puzzle or uh, situation where you had to use skills, and you get that minimum experience. And obviously, it's not going to be the same experience as whatever the rest of the players get in whatever adventure they're doing, and they're going to be behind a bit, 
but not enough where they're going to fall behind levels. Well, I mean, most cases you're not going to file, fall behind levels anyways. I mean, unless... Yeah, unless... We're talking temporary loss here, okay? Yeah, but I mean, that's how Pathfinder... I, I really uh, question whether or not they should receive anything. I mean, they, they're not participating. They're not contributing to the group. Yeah, they're not no, contributing, I get that. yeah. No, oh, no, I, I get your reasoning. I understand that. It was Pathfinder's way of being, okay, if you're gone this week, you get something so you're not falling ridiculously behind. Now, obviously, if this is going to be a, a, a regular thing, you know, it's like, okay, you haven't been here in four sessions, and it's because you forgot to wake up, or, and I had this problem, sadly, with uh, one of my coworkers during the Saturday game briefly. Their, their families kept throwing up things that they had to do, and I just had, they, they bowed out. And I gave them minimal experience. I have a player that both of those are true. Yeah. And it's just, I'm like, okay, then you got minimum experience and you get relegated. And when they said, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I've tried. I've been in three sessions out of like eight. And just, I said, okay, well, I gave you minimum experience. Okay, we'll just phase you out of the campaign. Your character gets this position at the base. But that's what Pathfinder does. You'll get that minimum experience so you don't fall too far behind if you miss a week or two, a session or two. And I like that. It's not totally me. It works. I mean, it, yeah. I, I say it all depends, okay? It depends on, A, you know, are they actually in danger in any way? I mean, you know, if, if, if people are fireballing like crazy, did they actually get injured? Did they, you know, were they at risk, you know? Um, you know, it, if they were, then, you know, then some compensation would make sense because they were being put at risk, okay? Uh, however, uh, you know, maybe in, but because they aren't contributing fully, maybe they should receive a diminished share of treasure. Okay, uh, I like that idea, yeah. But if that if that's the case, the GM should keep track of when new treasure was gained so that this could be put into play because I know a lot of, um, you know, campaigns where, you know, you're going through the dungeon, it may take you weeks to go through the dungeon, but treasure is not divided until the end. So if you're miss a session in the middle of all that, then, you know, the GM should pay attention to when that 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 you weren't you weren't, you know, a contributing factor during that period of time, so that, you know, those items are not items that you can choose because you weren't contributing. Okay, that 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 to, and and this is the autistic person say that's nitpicking. I'm just like, okay, you missed one session when you're going through this dungeon for six months and you missed one. I'm not going to sit there and nitpick. Well, you get you know 500 gold pieces less than it. I just that that's I I one that's just a lot more work I don't need to do, <laughs> and two it's like they they still you know 90 percent. They sat. They bled with everybody else. They put their lives. They just missed the one, you know. Jeff just missed the one session because he had a wrestling gig down in Marion. I'm not going to sit there and penalize him with treasure for that. That's that comes off. Yeah, you you act like that's the one time it ever happens. Well, I mean, it it, it to me that that comes off as being kind of petty. It's almost like you're punishing your overtly punishing them for having a life outside. No, this game. is not punishing. Okay. This is just not rewarding. Okay. Now we, we can talk about punishing. I will be glad to talk about punishing. Okay. 
All right, here's another thing you could do. Okay, so, oh yeah, you want to get full, full treasure? Okay, fine. That means, okay, let's think about the state of your character when you come back, all right? They haven't been doing anything, but they've still been involved in all these things. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe their hit points have been reduced by half because they took damage. I mean, they weren't there. Their character didn't participate, but they were still in the area. They still, something could have happened, all right? Or maybe they don't have all their spell levels because they haven't had an opportunity to have a long rest. And they were used for something, you know? And maybe the GM will let you, you know, just basically just mark off X number of, uh, of spell levels that your character would have done because you're getting rewarded. You're getting a full reward, right? So you should at least see, a, because a, a lot of these adventures that are taking place in an adventure are designed to reduce the resources of the party. So when you finally get to the big bad, you're not 100%. Okay, yeah. or you, you know, or if you you just choose to rest and recuperate, the big bad has the opportunity to get even more powerful than if you just suddenly bust through the door after like racing through the dungeon. So yeah. I'm just saying there are consequences. Okay, and if you're going to basically get all the benefits, then you should also receive the same penalties that the other characters are receiving as a result of them being pl active players. Okay, active players in, in the narrative. So I'm just saying, is it... And yes, that's going to be a lot more work for the GM. Yes, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, hey, if you want to, if you want to be fair, you know, if you don't care, then you don't care, right? You know, but I'm just saying, is it that, you know, I think that if you don't care, that you just shouldn't give any experience or, or treasure to that, that character. That's the ultimate not caring. I think that's why Pathfinder did that. If you're missing it, okay, you still get experience, just not as many. You're going to be catching, you'll be getting that next level a session or two after everybody else. So, oh, everybody made 15th. I'm still 14th because I missed that one session. Right. Now, if you're playing a game where you're doing things by milestones, okay, obviously your character is going to go up a level with everybody else when the milestone is it because it's, it's, it's impossible to do anything else. Okay, but you can still decide whether or not they receive party shares of whatever it might be, and you know. But I'm just saying, is that that's if you want to dick somebody over, but fairly, this is what this is how you do it. You basically reduce their resources, as would be appropriate to the situations in which the encounters that the party went through in the time in which they were not there to play their character. Okay, let okay then I'll I'll give a suggestion here. Okay, you missed this one session because you had something. Yet, when you come back, everybody else's spell points are going to be diminished. You still have full spell points. Diminish their spell, like, average it out. That's like, what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I'm saying. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast.
Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.